Bush. Hi, this is Ben Bova. I've written a lot of science fiction, and I think that I've devoted my life to trying to understand the opportunities and the dangers of the future. And if you listen to Sci-Fi Saturday Night, you'll begin to understand a lot of that, too. We will begin in mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you get me so easily! It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that you've been guilty of witchcraft. Overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Bye by Saturday night. It is Telecast 137, and it is our third annual Granite Con special here on Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Deep in Area 51 on sub-level 451. I am the Dome. Joining the talk cast tonight are the usual suspects in the Revere Time Vortex, our violent soundboard vixen, Kriana. What's up? <laughs> From the stacks of her personal silent zone in the Dank Dungeon reading room, it's evil scientist Zombrarian. Or not. <laughs> or not. We go over this every week, guys. It's the silent zone. <laughs> from the four color vault of comics in manchester new hampshire the flesh-eating penciler illustrator x uh, tonight i'm raising a glass of dandelion wine and beside him as always the dead redhead polymer nanolithography it's my new phrase it had to be somebody's i guess it's yours <laughs> <laughs> our guests tonight joining us for the entire hour from Double Midnight Comics, it's Shadonda himself, Pat. Shadonda, oh jeez. <laughs> A.K.A. Spider-Man. I mean, what? Who was that? And one of the featured artists from Granite Con, Karen Goslin. Karen, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks. You are, and you, you can are, call me the Green Goslin. Okay. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Uh, you're an incredibly brave woman, Karen, for joining us today. <laughs> you know, brave has not been a word that's been used to describe me in a long time. <laughs> well, you're going to get it tonight, let me tell you. It's, uh, it's It's been a fun night tonight thus far, and we intend to make it a lot more fun. Um, we've got to start with the passing of the last of the grandmasters over this week. Ray Bradbury died on Tuesday of this week at the age of 92. 91. Or 91. <laughs> <laughs> the fact-checking department is going nuts right now. And also, that pretty sure me. it was Wednesday. She is, a, she is a mystery wrapped in an enigma. So sometime this week, a man of indeterminate age passed away. <laughs> we're fairly sure he was 90. a writer of some sort, although we're not By sure the name what. Of Ray Bradbury. Hmm. 
looked like he was important or something. Yeah, yeah. A little, yeah. The four grandmasters. have a favorite. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I thought what we talked about for a couple minutes before we got into the show was, you know, Bradbury, who spanned decades uh, along with Clark, Asimov, and Heinlein as the four grandmasters of science fiction, modern science fiction. And I think all of us have our, our favorite Bradbury thing. Thing? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, books, movies, plays, uh, interviews. That uh, commercial uh, he did about prunes. <laughs> <laughs> it was that, too, yeah. And That's not my favorite moment. I'm just throwing it out there. It might be someone's. I mean, you know, he did so much over his lifetime. And I think each of us has our, our, our favorite thing. So we're going to take a shot around the horn and talk about their favorite things. Can we start with the Four Color Vault comics? Uh, well, my favorite story of his has always been The Lighthouse, which uh, got adapted into the movie Bees from 20,000 Fathoms with effects by Ray Harryhausen. Huzzah! It's just a beautiful piece. I mean, the story is actually more poetry than anything else. And it's about a giant lizard that, that rises up out of the depths, tries to have sex with a lighthouse, and eats everybody inside it. But it's the most beautiful version of that you have ever read. <laughs> This is this is wonderful homage we're having right now. <laughs> Giant monsters having sex with lighthouses. Absolutely, <laughs> Mr. Bradbury, we salute you for having a well. Never mind. Uh, dead redhead. I have two things that pop into my mind very quickly. I've always been a fan of something this way, something wicked this way comes, and I actually really enjoyed the movie, especially Jonathan Price as Mr. Dark. It's the only movie that really did him justice. There was just so much that, to get creeped out about that movie. <laughs> yeah. And it had great moments. I mean, the, the acting was good. The directing was good. I was just saying, I remember the one of my favorite parts is the spider woman who comes to the little boy's window with the silver and the moonlight. Oh, my gosh. There's just so much in there. And the the carnival the uh, merry-go-round to go backwards and yeah you can rock oh. me to sleep tonight <laughs> <laughs> and then um the other part was i had just read for one of my classes i had decided to read the martian chronicles and i read this and i was so in love with the book i was just running around quoting the book and telling people they had to read it and it was right before the unfortunate the rock nbc tv, TV series oh came yeah. on which I sat upstairs because my father didn't want to watch it. I remember and I was watching on our little black and white TV up, up in my parents' bedroom. And I was the first time I probably started screaming at the television. And I was just like, that's wrong. You got it wrong. It was really unfortunate. Didn't they do was, one for the Illustrated Man as well? Uh, no, that was a film with Rod Steiger and uh, it was Claire It similarly Bloom. unfortunate. It was similarly unfortunate. It did not, it, it was not a, good representation whatsoever i think i think through the course of high school you're subjected to at least one of those yeah and that is rather unfortunate i mean you know the martian chronicles is an incredible book it's just and kriana that's yours 
Yeah, although I'm still trying to figure out what that book was that I remember, like, the cover to it. I remember the vague story. I just don't remember what it was called. Now I'm sort of thinking it might have been the Halloween tree. Oh, okay. oh yeah, it might have been. But, uh, I mean, Searching the market... for Halloween tree on Google is, like, fairly pointless. <laughs> fairly pointless. How many billions of hits you know. can you find? Um, billions. <laughs> But maybe you should should describe the cover. Maybe one of our listeners would remember and let it's us know. Just so vague. It's it was like um, light blue sky with with an eyeball that was like had a hat on, and and I feel like it was also carrying a briefcase. Sounds very Magritte. Yeah, it does. <laughs> like, maybe oh, yeah, this kind was... of is kind of Magritte. Yeah. I, I understand you cannot judge the book by the cover. Well, it was a good book. I remember liking it. Ow! <laughs> but I was fairly sure it was something wicked this way comes, and now I'm not so sure. Okay. Oh, well. It was hardcover, if that helps. You know, I just, I just want to stop you there and just say... When the news hit, I was at my day job, and there's one guy could barely speak, the one who told me what happened. He was profoundly shaken, and I was like, oh, my God, Ray Bradbury's gone. And I, I mentioned that to this other friend of mine, and she's like, well, who's Ray Bradbury? I'm like, well, he's Ray. Yeah. I'm like, well, he's a very famous author. He wrote The Martian Chronicles. What's The Martian Chronicles? And then it was like, and then she stops me and says, oh, wait. Was that that movie that Disney just put out a few months ago? Oh, no! Oh, no! And so I'm like, wow, some legacies last, and some just kind of meander. Well, some people are kind of illiterate, too. Well, Well, it's funny because I I sat down and I wrote the obituary on our website uh, that got put up this morning. SciFiSaturdayNight.com. <laughs> In case you Frick didn't know what you were listening to. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And uh, I had a really hard time writing it. And Zombrarian did the editing this morning really nice and early. And darling, you had a hard time editing it, didn't oh, you? Oh, I had a horrible time editing it. I actually, I will admit it, when I heard the news on Wednesday, I actually left my desk and went to the bathroom and cried for a little bit. Um, I'm very sad. It's very yeah. sad to me. I mean, I realized that he had a very long, very full life and his wonderful legacy is still going to live on. But it's but he's sad. gone and he was our but friend. He's gone and it's very upsetting. Even if he didn't know it, he was our friend. And he was such a wonderful, wonderful champion of libraries. Oh my God! Um, yes, an amazing champion of libraries, and I loved him even before I knew that. Uh, in fact, one of my clearest memories from my freshman year of high school was sitting in the cafeteria with my copy of Something Wicked This Way Comes, and reading it all alone at a lunch table. And one of the teachers who supervised lunch knew my mother and actually called her to tell on me basically she's like did you know heather sits alone at lunch every day did you know this this is a problem and my mom called me in she's like what are you doing at lunch every day i'm like i'm reading this book this book it's by the guy who wrote fahrenheit 451 i love fahrenheit 451 he wrote more books i'm reading it you're such a delinquent child i was a terrible child obviously completely antisocial um but i he just, Ray Bradbury, 
not only understood storytelling and understood mm. a lot of things, I feel like in something wicked this way comes, there's such a clear understanding of what it is to be right at that age, that 13, 14 kind of nebulous age where you're definitely not a kid anymore and you're nowhere near an adult and there's just and the difficulty of being that age I remember so clearly thinking this guy gets me this guy gets it so well I'm starting to get sniffly now I know aren't you it's <laughs> yes. just so upsetting well when I was 15 years old there was just electricity had just been invented at that point. Were the dinosaurs gone? To... They were gone at that point. And my father and I were in New York City uh, visiting our the rest of our family. Our family was visiting New York City. And I was in the city with my father and my uncle. And it was 1967. Hmm. That's how old I am. <laughs> so you were drunk. Right. I was 15 and I was drunk. And or high. No. Come on, it's true. No, it's not true at that point. It was true. And we did, walked into Brentano's bookstore, and my uncle bought me the entire set of Edgar Rice Burroughs' Mars series. Oh, my God. And from there, we went to a cinema house because in those days they were cinema houses uh, and we saw Fahrenheit 451 and at 15 years old that was perhaps one of the most frightening things I had ever seen it was directed by Francois Truffaut mm -hmm. starred Julie Christie and Oscar Werner and it just floored me and we walked out of that and my father looked at me and just said that's a good book for you to read. Yeah. And he was right. You know, I think this inspires a new poll for me. Here's what I think we should say. I, I think it should be a multi-week event. Um, what Grandmaster novel had the worst transition to film or stage or other medium? Which one had the best overall? And then which one for each author was the worst and the best? Because there are some doozies in there. That's Good. like months of polls. It, it's, it's a month of polls. Yeah, it is. It's but I think they're worthwhile uh, polls, but... and I think our readership would enjoy them being old school as they are. A lot of our they readership. Are. They are. They are old school. That's it's heavy good. duty old school. They remember Hanson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even talk to Zombrian about Hanson. When they die, I'm never going to hear the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> There will be mournful, uh, mournful performances of Mbop. Oh, would it be still twelve? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> God. Well, can we actually? Speaking of polls, can we do the poll now and then? And then, yeah, we um, can actually. Let's do this week's Facebook poll with our lovely pollstress. Alrighty. Or poll. Never mind. I'll take Polstress. Wow. I'll take Polstress. Pol wench. I'll oh, take Pol wench. No, That's no. fine. Um, that, that may not be exactly what you want to be called. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Unless you're willing to jump out of a cake, and that's cool. You may want to be. Well, I'm a man that way. <laughs> it's coming.
coming from a brony. You have nothing to worry about. <laughs> there we go. So what we did ask folks this week is, which science fiction movie do you wish was more like the book? And our third place was Dune, and people were getting into discussions of which version they hated more, the David Lynch version or the Sci-Fi Channel version or... David Lynch version. Whatever. I, I never saw the sci-fi version. I feel still stick up for David Lynch because you gotta remember he was the fourth friggin' director on that movie. <laughs> that's not an excuse, though. That's a good excuse. In yeah, this that's a good excuse. Well, that doesn't make it, it is... better, though. I mean, the Sippy one was was fairly faithful. And a lot um, of the stuff fairly is fairly boring. A lot Wasn't of the, the sci fi one out there by um what's the what's the director? Alan Smithy. No no no. Who's the director who was the first one that got that? Jodorowsky. Movie? Jodorowsky. Alejandro Jodorowsky, who we've seen a couple of his movies and they're Oh thank God strange, they strange to say the least. <laughs> oh dear. But uh, number two So at number two we had a tie between Everybody's you gotta hate it or love it. One of the two, Starship Troopers. Or <laughs> iRobot, which I'm Ooh. sorry, that was so bad. That was trash. That was you terrible. Know, okay, say, I have fond memories of Starship Troopers because that was like the very first date my husband and I ever went on. Okay, Starship yeah, Troopers is kind of so bad it's good, but yeah, I well, it's also Alan love it, but they hate it. One of the two. I'm I'm fairly neutral on Starship Troopers. Awesome. I didn't think bad. it was a good movie, but Alan Rickman's in it. True. Ah. And that pretty much does it for you. Yeah, that <laughs> pretty much evens it out. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the number, question, the my number question one... is our number one. Yes. Uh, was and I couldn't figure out if it was the TV, or the movie. No. Oh, oh you let Dead Redhead tell us what it was. Don't you dare. Number one was The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And, yeah, that movie was bad. <laughs> it was, it was bad. All incarnations of that on the screen were bad. No, I like the, the TV, TV show. show. I like. I could the not... BBC television show wasn't yeah. bad. Yeah, it was. I, could I not thought it was very it. faithful. I really like it. It was just that they didn't have any money for special effects, but... But the movie was bad. Yes, it yeah. was. But they had plenty of money for special effects in iRobot. They just forget that it was based on a book. Yes. Oh, to be, to be fair, <laughs> it was for explosions and Will Will Smith to overact. That was the only reason they made. Name the last film Will Smith was in that he didn't overact. Men in Could Black. I actually really the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Gonna... <laughs> I would How about um, Jersey Girl? I don't think he overacted in Jersey Girl. Actually, he wasn't but... on long enough. Exactly, he was only on for like five minutes. <laughs> I'm gonna go out on the limb and say that. Oh shoot! What was the one? The end of the world and the vampire Day. thing. No, the vampire I thing. I am legend. Oh. I am legend. I liked I am legend the movie. <laughs> what? So wait, much wait, more wait, than that oh, oh, terrible book. That's that's a whole other week and a half of discussion yeah. right there. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that Will Smith actually did pretty well. Oh my god. I am better than better than Charlton Heston? Wait. I Charlton Heston one. With that. But I hated the book. Whoa. I hated the book. Wait, whoa. whoa. The book was Before the most awful further. thing I've ever read. Pat. Yeah. Okay, tell us about all the wonderful people besides Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be at Granicon. 
Wait a minute. Before we do that, GraniteCon is Sunday, June 10th at the Radisson Center in Manchester, New Hampshire. If you're in the New England area, do come down. It's going to be an incredibly good time. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Did you say Saturday? Yeah. I said Sunday? Sunday, June 10th. Oh, okay. You sure? Better not Saturday. It's, it's, it's Saturday. Don't show up on people. Saturday. Thank goodness, because we already have planned Saturday. <laughs> and the admission is a ridiculous $8 for adults, $2 for kids 10 and under. Uh, and if the kids show up in costume, they can come in for free. I'm not sure if that includes underwears or not, but I don't know. <laughs> and, and you forgot the most important part. If adults come in costume, it's half off entry, so they get in for 4 bucks. That's there you go. Ooh. Nice. Now, what if podcasters Ooh. come in costume? Or artists. Or artists? Well, then you get a pat on the back. <laughs> oh, <well. laughs> from you, Shonda. You're getting a pat on the back. Shonda, will it be from you? Unfortunately, it won't be from me because I'll be running around like a chicken with my head cut off. That's, well, then that's not worth it. That's uh, once true. again, running around like a chicken. You'll get one from Brett, though. Oh, okay. That's worth there it. There we go. I could deal with I that. I don't know, Brett. What? You will. You don't okay. Brett. He's like, he's Brett. He's Brett. <laughs> he's the one with so, the facial hair. So besides Brett. Oh, that narrows it down. And the then there, there's hair. also okay. Chris and Quincy. What can we expect at this year's show? Besides Brett. All right. Well, unfortunately, starting it off with bad news because I got to get all the good news out of the way after the so after the bad news. So, start it off. We had two cancellations. Eric Powell, creator goon, unfortunately had to cancel for personal reasons. And Amy Akuda, who plays Tinkerbala from the Guild, unfortunately had to cancel due to filming this weekend. And she actually did send us a video essentially just saying, sorry, I couldn't make it. Hopefully come up next year. That's on the Double Midnight and Granite Con Facebook page. It's, um, it, it's unfortunate, but, you know, these things happen. We've gotten used to it now. It's the third year in a row. <laughs> not she's canceled. This is not the third year in a row she's canceled. Not the third year in a row she's canceled. Just the third year in a row. Yeah, we've had a. Yes, canceled. Yeah. But, but we do have some incredibly cool people who are going to be there. Like yeah. us. Yeah. I'll and like. Right. Well, yeah. Hey, I mean, what am I, Chuck Liver? No, I just said. <laughs> us included. Well, you. You're on the call. If I were to go through everybody, it would take me forever because this year it is above and beyond our largest amount of artists, guests, dealers we've ever had. By you a some, yeah, you do. You have some great pros uh, coming to the con this year. Oh yeah, we, our guest list right now are uh, are the long of a short of it. Um, we have returning guests Jason Ciaramella, who. Uh, wrote the cape with Joe Hill and uh, did Godzilla Kingdom of Monsters, and he's got some new projects coming out, which you'll have at the show uh, being advertised. Uh, Mike, who co-created Stuff a Legend and used to work for Marvel, uh, he'll be returning as well. They both were there last year. Um, we also have Charles Paul Wilson, uh, artist for Stuff a Legend, and he's become really big with his new Poo line of art. We have the Poo line of art with like the Avengers characters and different comic book characters getting to be a big hit. Um, Norman Lee's coming back, and he's currently inking Wolverine and the X-Men. Done tons upon tons of stuff. Awesome guy. Um, hey, Norman. And uh, Blair Shedd's going to be there as well. He's currently working on Dorothy of Oz, and he's recently worked on The Guild and Doctor Who. Those are returning guests. 
Uh, new guests include uh, Mark McKenna, uh, who is Inker Extraordinaire. He's done tons upon tons upon tons of stuff. Uh, most recently, he's done Banana Tail, and he's working on uh, Star Wars Old Republic. Uh, Shelly Paraline and Braden Lamb, they have done uh, The Adventure Time, which we have an exclusive GraniteCon cover for at the show that we'll have for sale. Um, Ming Doyle is going to be attending her first GraniteCon as well. She's done a whole host of stuff, Fantastic Four, uh, Jennifer's Body, Popcorn Anthology, uh, Womanthology, whole Yay. host. Uh, Charles Sewell, uh, who's the writer for Image Comics 27, as well as a bunch of other books, uh, Strange Attractors from Archaea, uh, which you guys can go get that at the store too, Phil Minute Comics. Um, and Chrissy Zulo, Jack Purcell, Roger Andrews, Chris Minga. I mean, there's just a whole, <laughs> such a long list. Uh, and then we've got the Arts Alley, which is a whole different entity. It's unbelievable this year. Um, and that's just artists. Um, I mean, I'm, I've literally still speechless after what's gone on this year. We just, uh, it's going to be crazy. Don't you have a special guest? What's that? Don't you have a special guest coming? Or can't you say? Um, I can technically say. um, Joe Hill is supposed to be making an appearance at the show for a week later on. Nice. Uh, He'll be signing with uh, Jason Ciaramella. And uh, all I can say is... uh, Pop your head in for the writer's panel that we got going on. We got some special things planned for that one, including uh, it's going to be narrated. Uh, not narrated. Uh, he's, the MC for it is going to be uh, Josh Flanagan, who's one of the iFanboy writers. Or writers and everything. Um, so, yeah, that's the guest list of everything. So, in terms of artists uh, that are going to be there, I mean, this is probably, I think, the biggest artist alley I've ever seen. It's the biggest one we've ever had. It's more than double what we had last year. Um, I mean, literally, we've got so many new faces, new people that have never been to the show before, and a bunch of returning favorites. Um, like Silver Circle is going to be there. Ethan, uh, Scott, Ethan, and uh Jason Casey, Sarah Richard, Nicole Hanch, uh, the Underburbs guys. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other guys off the top of my head. Uh, Jerry Fleming, uh, Mike. Uh, I'm trying to remember this. <laughs> you see, Peter Vinton's going to be there. Yep, Peter Vinton's hey, going to be there. George uh, O'Connor. Uh, let me see. Oh, Julie Mayer is going to be there. Huh. Yep. Who else has been on our show? <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I'm <laughs> Uh, Many here. friends of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. <laughs> Jeremy McHugh is going to be back too. Um, good friend of ours at the store too. Uh, the Zombie Bomb guys, uh, Adam Miller is going to be there. They're going to be pushing their new product. Um, it, there's just so many. Uh, a lot of people are there for the first time too, um, and just it's going to be unbelievable. Sky uh, Pirates are going to be there. I saw that. Uh, wow. I mean, I'm, and you know, the rumor just... has it. Rumor has it Karen Goslin will make an appearance. <laughs> That's just a nasty rumor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and this will be my first. Yeah. Another first. Yeah. Uh, baby. Yeah, uh, you guys are going to uh, definitely enjoy it. It's going to be totally different compared to years past. Um, we usually have just the armory every year, but this year we have not just the armory, but the ballroom where we're going to do all the special events 
and we're going to have the assembly area set up. So as soon as you walked in, you're going to just be blown away by the convention. It's going to be a totally different entity compared to what it's been in years past. We've got even our first uh, video game room that's going to be just gigantic in size, video games being played on like 20-foot screens. Um, we've got a panel room, which uh, before I mentioned the writer's panel, we're also going to have uh, Comics Tribe, uh, how to get into the comics uh, with Tyler James. We're going to have the costume contest, which we're expecting our largest turnout in costume that we've ever had with, with costumes ranging from professionals to beginners. I mean, you name it. Um, we got the tabletop board gaming room, card gaming room. Uh, you, it's unbelievable. Uh, yeah. Now, what, what are the times for this? When does this all start? It starts at 10 o'clock in the morning on Sunday, June 10th. Uh, and it goes till four o'clock. There's been a lot of controversy. People thought it was a, going till six o'clock, and it's 100% going till four o'clock. Um, so <laughs> How I, controversial! Yeah, well, we had a lot of people posting up on Facebook. Go to Granite Con. It's going from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And we're like, where did the 6 p.m. come from? <laughs> I, I might have been one of those people. I think I I I, I saw it somewhere. It was six. Sorry. Yeah, we were we've been trying to figure that out left and right. Um, Six p.m. I don't know where it came from. It was just everybody was posting it up, and we're like, "Well, if they're going to be here till six p.m., they're going to be disappointed." <laughs> <laughs> you know, we do we do allow you know the show ends technically at four o'clock, but uh, as we've done in years past, we've gone up till like five o'clock to allow people to still shop because we get so many people going through that. They just don't want the show to end. It's just so much fun. I mean, you don't even realize, oh, look at the watch. It's 5 o'clock, you know, 5.30. It's that unbelievable. It's the way that, uh, you know, it's been every single year. And, you know, hopefully next year we expand a little bit more and uh, one becomes two. I was just going to ask you that. When are you going to go to two days? The fingers are crossed for next year. It's going to be the 10th anniversary. Um, you know. Wow, really? Yeah. Ten years of GraniteCon, which is the crazy crap. part. Um, you know, we've done more than ten shows, but you know, it's been ten years officially that we've done the show. Um, you know, it's possible that next year we end up going to two days, but you know, all we need to do is get the word out there, get more people, and the more people that go, it funds next year's show. So, and speaking of shop till you drop, there are actually two show exclusives this year. Yep, uh, we've got two exclusives uh the first is the adventure time granite con exclusive cover which is uh a tribute to x-men number one which has the adventure time characters essentially posing out the same way as they did in uh, x-men number one uh we got that and it's uh issue number four of that series which like i said you can only get it at granite con you can't get it anywhere else uh and the second exclusive is a harley quinn print that sarah richard did for us um she's done a couple of prints now for us exclusive only to the show so the only place that you can get this is at this show and if you want to see what they look like they are on the home page mm. for granite state comic-con and i gotta tell you both of them are freaking awesome it is it is just amazing amazing stuff so we got shop we got artist alley we got special guests we got games um no, no clowns and balloons? What the hell? <laughs> I should clarify that one last thing. 
the clowns and balloons. Well, it's not quite clowns. Deadpool, unfortunately, is not going to be there. Um, <laughs> or so I think. Or so I think. Um, but we will have a gigantic costume contest. We're actually running our biggest costume contest yet. Uh, we have cash prizes for the top three: hundred dollars for first place, seventy-five for second, oh. fifty for third. Woo! We've got prizes for the kids too. It's going to be uh, store gift certificates: twenty-five, fifteen, and ten. And then we also have prize packs that we're going to be giving out, which will include exclusive New England variants of different comics, uh, signed books, sketch cover uh, books, as well as a signed book by Felicia Day for the Guild, uh, as well as posters and just other free goodies in it. Uh, those will be for different categories, including Best Presentation, Audience Award, Judges Award, Best Prop, uh, Best Likeness, um, missing a couple of other categories, but um, they're... It's going to be our largest yet. We're expecting a huge crowd for it. You know, different cosplayers from all over the place um, just coming up because when it comes to the costume contest, the last few years we've gotten the word out and people have liked it more and more and more. And uh, we're expecting the costume contest room to be fit to capacity as soon as the event starts. So there's your uh, clowns right there. <laughs> <laughs> The costume contest is going to be at the end of the con at right around 3 o'clock? Uh, it's going to start at 2 o'clock. Um, oh. Anybody that comes in costume, uh, you need to be judged from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Uh, we do the judging beforehand, so that way we already have the winners set. So when it comes to the costume contest itself, the actual event, all people need to do is just go up on stage, uh, show off their costume, ask a question from our honorable MC of the evening, Brett Parker. Um, and and that's part of the whole best presentation and audience because you want to win over the audience the biggest amount of cheers that you get will put towards uh, we end up marking off and we end up going towards the end to figure out who got the audience award as well as who ends up having the best presentation up on the stage so we're going to be bringing out people one by one going through, and this way we already have judging all set for the other categories. It's just a matter of you're trying to win over the crowd and showcase your costume in the best way possible. Over the past I, I, years, Pat, I was just... I'm go sorry, Dom. Go ahead. I was just going to say that I hear there's cupcakes, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's what matters. <laughs> that is exactly what matters. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, screw the costume contest. I want cupcakes. <laughs> I can confirm or can deny this, but last year we did have a killer cupcake creator who was Actually, at the show. Did, yes. Yes. They had everything and let me tell you, when you see vision made into a cupcake, it just blows your mind. <laughs> <laughs> they said this year, though, they got something extremely special they're going to be whipping up. They haven't even pulled us, so it's going to be a complete surprise for everybody. Ooh, exciting. Well, Pat, we have been a part of Granite Con for the past three years, and we have watched it grow from a couple of small events uh, around the state to uh, – watching the Manchester event just grow and build. Two years ago, uh, it was huge and ridiculous. Last year, it was even... Uh, huger and ridiculous. Huger and ridiculous. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. You, you, you said that well. I know. I did. And, uh, Very eloquent. Yes, you, you have that. <laughs> I know. So we're, we're all very much looking forward to seeing 
uh, a lot of old friends once again and a lot of new faces, uh, one of which is an artist that I happened to bump into at Kamikaze Con uh, about five or six, uh, about four or five months ago, who's going to be at her very first Granite Con, Karen Goslin. That would be me. That would be you. <laughs> <laughs> nice segue. Thank you. I, I, I don't do that well, but it's the best I can do. <laughs> you know, we try to be professional and then we do this. Uh, so, Karen, when we were at Kamikaze Con, which was maybe the weirdest conventions I have ever seen in my life, um, <laughs> it was just it such, was awesome. It was just... It was, it was just so many confusing things all going on simultaneously. And we, uh, Drew and I were walking down one of these dark hallways where they were playing video games at the end of it. And we stumbled across your booth. Yes. And Drew grabbed me by the arm and went, check this out. And he did. And it was really cool. And it's, we started talking and we talked about, you know, other shows and stuff and, we we actually kind of talked you into doing Granite Con this year. Yeah, no, it was, it was we were glad to um, to hear about Granite Con because we were always looking for new conventions to go to to you know to show my artwork and sell it and well have people appreciate it and uh, hearing about Granite Con was just not to be ridiculously corny but it was it was kind of a blessing. Who's got your back, Pat? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> It's me, bro. It's me. <laughs> I mean, the reality is um, the kind of artwork that you do is very different from a lot of the other artwork because it's not really derivative of anything. You're not going and doing the characters that most people are doing at comic conventions. Can you talk a little bit about that and, and how you got into doing that? Uh, well, I've always been more interested in drawing whatever inspired me. And, and while there are a lot of characters that do inspire me, I, I kind of prefer to, to to go my own road, to do something more, you know, something in my own head, you know, uh, original for me. Um, I got into the convention scene a long time ago. Oh, God. Um, seven or eight years ago. Uh, it was, again, another happenstance meeting. I met my mentor, uh, Mark Ryberg, and we started talking. He took a look at my artwork, and then he said, hey, you know where you want to go? And he told me about this convention called Lunacon in New York, and we went, and I met, oh, my God, I met pros. I mean, I met Rowena. Oh, I met, hey. yeah, I know, and she's, she's lovely. I met Rowena, um... James Gurney, which was awesome because I was looking at his artwork, studying how he did everything, and I'm talking to my husband, and I'm not seeing what's around me. You can probably guess where this is going, and I just heard <laughs> out, this is awesome, and I hear behind me, oh, well, thank you very much, and I turn around, and there's James Gurney staring in front of me, and I almost did the classic, do you know who you are? And <laughs> you <know? laughs> Yes, I'm pretty sure he did. <laughs> Yeah, I, I thankfully stopped myself just short of that, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and these people, I mean, talking to them, I mean, really inspired me to just keep going and creating my own artwork and not um, just drawing Batman 2,000 times, even though Batman's like my favorite comic book character. 
or or God, if you want to go the anime route, Naruto. You know, um, so yeah, I mean, it's so what I saw at your booth at Kamikaze Con were a whole lot of kind of traditional fairy tale characters done in a very, very different way. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of new. That kind of was a, a very new inspiration for me. Usually I just I uh usually I just draw whatever's in my head and, and try to make it work, but this time I really tried to go with a theme and uh the fairy tale creatures was, was part of that theme. Uh, I started drawing, for example, Miss Muffet, which I think was the one you really liked though. That that's the one that I'm looking at right now on my wall, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, she started out way more cutesy than she ended up. Yeah, it's rather dark. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm in love with that, seriously. I mean, it's very, very different from anything I've ever seen like that. Oh, well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. And it was, it's funny that you asked me that because there was one person who came up to me during Kamikaze Con who asked me what my inspiration was. And really, there's no one single thing. It could be anything from a song that I heard to, I don't know, a poem I just read or a story I just read or a TV show I just saw or you know, something I dreamt of the night before. It's... So when people come to see you, they're going to see a, a style of art that's not very derivative, uh, although you do have a, an anime feel to some of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, themes and, and, and concepts that you don't usually see at shows like this. Uh, yeah. Um, I try. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how to respond to that, though. Um, no, that's okay. I do a lot of things, and people look at it and go, "Was that a question?" And the answer is, <laughs> "I was making a statement, Karen. It's not a problem." And for a while, you also had your own web comic as well, didn't you? Oh my God, you actually saw that? Yeah, I did for a while, and I had to, <laughs> I had to stop because um, we had just, we had just adopted our daughter, and. I, I was just finding out that between doing, you know, the illustration work off and on and raising my daughter and trying to do some of my own work for conventions and, and other things, I just didn't have time and I had to stop. And it was, it was really unfortunate because I don't like leaving things just left dangling like that. So it kind of bothers me, but at the same time, there really wasn't any other choice. Yeah, the webcomic was called Chaos Express. It's it's on your website. Right, and it started out about all the characters are people I know, including myself and my husband. And my... <laughs> <laughs> well, you kind of have to write about, you know, and draw about what you know. And, and well, you know, Yeah, and then twist it incredibly. Like, you know, for example, I mean, uh, the villain, the main villain was... My pet black mass lovebird, which is this tiny little six-inch fluffy ball of feathers. Lovebirds are evil. You know, if you asked my husband that, he'd agree with you 100%. That bird hated him. And that was kind of most of the basis of the comic. It was just this bird trying to get Tom out of the way so he could have Mommy back. (laughs) Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. we we had lovebirds for a while. They were nasty little sons of bitches. 
<laughs> they, they can be. They can be. They can be evil. Mine wasn't. Well, mm, me. To you. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, yeah, and it was. I'm sorry. What? No, go ahead. Oh no. I was just going to say it was it was fun while it lasted, and I, I did have a lot of fun creating it. And uh, some of my friends who I, I wrote, um, I wrote about or and drew in this comic, you know, helped contribute to some of the episodes. And um, Cameron, I know you're listening to this eventually. <laughs> yes, he was he was one of our evil quote unquote scientists, and, and he helped out <laughs> with a few of the episodes. So it was fun collaborating with everybody. Now, I, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You had something. No, else? I didn't have anything else. I was saying. Oh. I think someone had a question. I interrupted. Well, no, you didn't. Interrupt. I was just. Well, I have a question. Uh, oh. Tell us about some of the prints and uh, and artwork you'll be selling at the boss at the uh, Granite State Comic Con. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> at the, what's that thing called again? Yeah. Oh, yes. Wow, you're, you already forgot the name, the name of the convention. That's not good. I, uh, this will be the last con- uh, show that um, Illustrator X will be on. Your ass is fired, Buckaroo. You're fucking stuff. That samurai oh. sword and do the noble thing. I'll be right back. <laughs> well, to answer your question, um, I've got four new prints. Um, one of them is a piece that that is on the Granite State Comic Con site. It's called The Bloody Throne. Um, and another one is, uh, it's going to be a zombie picture. It's going to be a zombie hunter sitting there with two machetes, you know, just waiting for the next shoe to drop. You know, you've got nice. zombies behind him. The sky looks ominous. He looks like he's been through hell and back. Um, and of course, you know, the My Little Pony fake poster, movie poster. <laughs> you said um, there was a story about that, Karen. Yeah, yeah. Um, well... <laughs> Okay, for for the last couple conventions we went to, uh, they were both anime conventions, and of course the crowd is very youthful. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, what well, was that uh, word, Zombarian? I was going to say jailbait. More of Jack tween, the tween. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tween, yes. Um, so we're watching, and I'm, I'm just sitting back at another anime convention, and I'm sit- which is actually the name of the convention. Um, <laughs> I know it's. I'm not just saying. Oh, yes, some other anime convention. Um, and my husband and I are watching as we're at our booth, and and we're eventually we get this crowd in front of us who is also staring at our artwork, my artwork, and commenting about it. And I'm looking at these people, and half of them are teen boys with like a cardboard cutout of Pinky Winky in their pants. And no, that's not a metaphor. <laughs> That was not a metaphor. It was it was literally and I oh god, there were things I wanted to say. I'm like, seriously, that's how you think you're gonna impress the chicken furniture? No, oh oh jeez. Um so I mean after talking about this with Tom, my husband and my friends, um it, it that's how the kind of the My Little Pony thing just sort of bloomed, how, you know, it's like we should do a badass My Little Pony, like blowing up something like a Michael Bay film. Ah, you know. Put some testosterone at My Little Pony, you know, um, and hence the My Little Pony in the foreground with the wind blowing through its purple hair and the building, the glue factory blowing up behind it, the dark side of the glue factory. 
<laughs> a legend is born. Appreciate that. Hmm. We have some friends who will appreciate. They're definitely pony people. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's at first we were wondering if we were gonna, you know, like piss off some pony people, but then I'll we get thought, over it. Yeah, we don't care, and I'll get over it. Yeah, <laughs> I guarantee you'll piss off Peto, oh. but that's nothing new. So again, Renacon's only six hours long, folks. You got to go right to Karen's booth. Yay! That's right. And then straight and to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Actually, you'll have to pass us to get to it. We're at the front this year. Yay! <laughs> Unless X just screwed us over. Shadanda, we're still good, right? Oh, no. <laughs> well, hey, if they're not good, can I take a place? Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> Wow, that was incredibly mercenary, Karen. We applaud oh, you. Some people see it as opportunistic. Okay. And for that, <laughs> I applaud you. That's right. I will say, it's going to be better to have be in the back of the room, because that's where we are going to have the guests this year. Ooh. Yep. Ooh. While the front is nice, because people are going to see you no matter what. That's where all the guests are, which means that's where everybody's going to be headed. Well, true, but that's where all the lines are going to be forming, and then the people who have their booths with the lines in front of them are going to be like, rah, rah, rah. Uh, We already thought about that one. Oh, you're very smart, Shadonda. I need a cupcake. Right? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that sounds exactly like famous year. artist Brian Belanger. That's true. It's very true. <laughs> Who's that? I don't know. Oh, some guy we know. I think he will also be at Granite State Comic Con, won't he? I believe so. He might be. He yeah. could be. Yeah. Once he gets captured by a couple of stormtroopers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Oh, they can't shoot anyway. No, wait a minute! Wait a minute! If the five hundred first is there, he may be screwed. Oh. <laughs> Can the Jawas hold him hostage for a while? Ghostbusters, and uh, I know a few pirates that'll be there too. Uh oh. Right. Pirates. I got to tell you, this sounds like, frankly, uh, one of the coolest events. Karen, I can't wait to see you again. Uh, oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. No, really, seriously. I mean, you know, I get to – we go to GraniteCon. I get to see some of my old friends. I get to see Sarah Richard. I get to see Nicole Hanchi. I get to see Peter Vinton. I get to see Jason all Casey. Right, all right, all I get right. To Enough see... with the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we get to see <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, uh, unlike X, there. I'm first of all going to get the name of the convention right, oh, and I'm trying oh, not to leave yeah, anybody uh, out. <laughs> right, but in trying not to leave anyone out, you're just repeating the same people over and over again. And, uh, but at the same time, you know, there there are people like you who haven't been here before, who who the crowd are, are going to get to deal with, and, and I think that's incredibly cool. Yeah, the crowd's oh. going to deal with you. That's right. Deal with me, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it's a pleasurable experience, huh? <laughs> no, I'm really excited about going. I can't wait to see what the convention is like. Um, it will blow your mind. Absolutely. Yeah, there we go. And of course, seeing you guys again will be awesome. I loved our last chat. Oh, thanks so much. <laughs> you didn't even miss half of us. Of course, yeah. You didn't even the most interesting people. Who are the, the most interesting people? Obviously me. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. <laughs> no one's contradicting me. 
Uh, yeah, well, we'd all like We're to have the microphone. Nice. So. I'm afraid to talk at this point. You should this be. <laughs> You're in enough trouble already. <laughs> Wait, which convention is it again? And, uh, <laughs> We're going to all meet in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> the Star Trek convention. Oh, That's where geez. we're gonna be. Oh no, no. Me and Stanley and Steve Ditko, we're all gonna. <laughs> so you know who is gonna make a special guest at appearance at the Star Trek convention? Eliza Dushkinu. And, and... <laughs> but not Norman Spinrad. Exactly. Oh. Exactly. Well, at least we can put him right next to J.J. Abrams. <laughs> <laughs> Sharing a booth, Norman Spinrad and J.J. Abrams. And I would... oh. I'd pay to see that. <laughs> Are you kidding? That'd be better than Jello wrestling, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> it's a whole other show. Exactly. It was Jell-O. a whole other show, which you can listen it... to on iTunes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Norman Spinrad's love for J.J. Abrams. <laughs> that should be an art. Oh, good Lord, yes. Anyhow, Pat, Karen, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Oh, um, thank you. This has been fun. And uh, cannot wait for this Sunday at the Radisson in Manchester, New Hampshire, Granite Con, their ninth year. Next right. year will be their 10th anniversary. My God. How cool is that? So if you listen on Saturday, it'll be tomorrow. So go. Yeah. Be there. You're and... in time this time. Get your butt ski out there. That's right. You can be there, and it's not an expensive show. It's an easy show to get to. It's a fun show. You don't have to pay $30 for parking. Uh, well, you can. You just don't <laughs> have to. Unless you park in the parking garage, then it might cost you thirty dollars for parking. <laughs> Are you guys going to stamp our tickets? I'm just recommending park out on the street. It's so much cheaper. <laughs> yeah. There might be a reason for that. Yeah. Your target jet? No, not in Manchester. It's usually pretty. And on Sundays. Yeah. Wait, wait. Are you all bitching about thirty dollars to park for the day? Yes. <laughs> You all. Let me tell you something about Boston. $30 to park for a day is a deal. $30 to park for two hours is a deal. You're parking in the wrong spot. Yeah. (laughs) And brings us to the end of another perfectly good hour that you could have spent doing anything else but you decided to listen to us and in lieu of that we're very thankful illustrator x walk us out the door you got it well next week you can judge a book by her covers it's artist extraordinaire Anne kane then on June 23rd, you won't be disappointed by Dan Bradford, Owen McKinder, and Tom Hall of Disappointing Monsters and R13. On June 30th, it's the triumphant return of Boston Comic-Con artist Ted Woods. July 7th, we squeeze into our spandex for Euclid and Josh Adams' documentary Cosplayer Nation. And on July 14th, actor Jug- Doug Jones is coming back to tell us why you we should didn't, watch. You didn't say that, did you? Say that again. I do have to say that again. 
I hate you. Visit ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by The Traffic Lights. Pick up their CD, Hold a Folk, at RobWattsOnline.com and take diction lessons from Illustrator X. Don't. <laughs> I want to thank Pat Covey from the Granite State Comic Con and Karen Goslin, one of the featured brand new artists at Granite State Comic Con for joining us tonight. From the Revere Time Vortex, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana and Grammar Girl Zombrarian, thank you ladies for all that you do. Brony. <laughs> it was my fault. It was. I blame you. <laughs> On the fourth vault of comics, great thanks to Illustrator X and the Dead Redhead. Uh, taking a vow of silence now. I'm gonna go get it, Miss Madison. <laughs> this is Dome saying, Genie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody.